Seliman podcast with me, Sam Wilkin. Uh, this week, well, after a two-week break, uh, I'm speaking to Hero Hirsch, a retail manager at Paxton and Whitfield. Hero trained as a pastry chef and just a love of and a fascination with cheese drew her into the world of cheese. And she uh, now works at one of the great institutions of the British cheese industry. Um, yeah, so it was a real privilege to be in the in the uh, shop upstairs at Paxton and Whitfield, but also down in the maturing room and see how they go about their business there. Uh, all the cheese was stunning. Um, I tried some after we finished recording, and we had a great range of some really really special cheeses. It was it was a really really good morning, and great to see Hero. Uh, we chatted about her route into the cheese industry, um, her her job, her day to day. Uh, and also the Munger Games, um, which is a, a charitable uh, fundraiser that's hosted every year for professional uh, cheesemongers and people within the cheese industry. Uh, it's a pub quiz and it's at the end of June and I'm already swatting up for it. It, it, it promises to be excellent. Uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed chatting to Hero. Um, uh, one quick thing I say at the beginning that we're in the heart of Mayfair. Of course, we're not. We're in the heart of St. James. One of the great things about London, uh, all these little uh, ancient villages all, that have all kind of become one amalgamated whole. So, yes, yeah, so we're in St. James uh, uh, on German Street. Enjoy. Cheers. Okay, so we're on German Street outside the venerable Paxton and Whitfield, number 93. Um, I'm here with Hero Hirsch. Hello. Hello, Hero. Maybe you could just introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Hero Hirsch. I'm the head of retail for Paxton and Whitfield. So we have four shops um, which I look after and we're stood outside the flagship, number 93 German Street. Um, we have been in this particular building since 1896, so we've got a very long history in this particular site. And you've been cheesemongers, as the, as the window proudly says, since 1797. Since 1797, so yes. You, you know so what you're doing, basically. <laughs> exactly. 220 yeah. years of, uh, wow. of cheese on our, under our belts. So. It's probably worth just mentioning for people who don't know German Street at all. We're right in the heart of Mayfair. Uh, in central London. The, the, the street is lined with Union Jacks and actually either side of Paxton's are are some very nice sort of brogue shops, I suppose you'd call them. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think German Street has one of the highest concentration of royal warrant holders as well and there's a lot of historical businesses. Um, Paxton's being one of them. Paxton's yeah. being one of them, exactly. But generally speaking, the businesses here are shoe shops, shirt shops, uh, tailors, mm -hmm. etc. So should we go inside and have a little look yeah, what's absolutely. going on in the shop, get off the streets. So the first thing that you see as you walk in is an amazing open refrigerated counter full of just beautifully kept cheese. All the blues there, lovely, heading into the soft bloomy rinds around to the goats. And then there's just hard cheese stretching away as far as the All eye the can see. Down. And you'll probably notice as well, and you'll have heard it as well, that the whole shop is refrigerated. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you come in, you're in this air-conditioned environment, so we keep the shop at about 10, 12 degrees, which on a day like this, you don't notice too much. Mm. I think in the winter, we can just sort of turn our fridges off mostly, yeah. because it's a similar temperature to outside. Um, and then in very hot summer, we obviously have to have that door firmly closed, and yes. people come in, in in their vests and immediately want to, yes. want to leave. But you are... It's very because refreshing. Of the air conditioning, it does mean that you are totally surrounded by cheese as you walk into the mm -hmm. shop. So it really does sort of hit you as a full sensory experience. Yeah, and it is a full sensory experience. You get that wonderful sort of uh, 
I don't know, milky, warm aroma that you get from cheese that, that I, well, I find very pleasant indeed. Some people are not totally into it. And there's, a, I mean, there's lots of very familiar faces here, but I mean, the, the, the main feature of all these cheeses is they're all, well, immaculate, actually. Okay. And that's not always true, it has to be said. They're all pretty much at their peak of their maturation. And, and, and actually, we're heading down into the shop a little bit, and there's some wine and port. I mean, what, how much of your your sales how much of that is sort of not cheese if you like um the cheese is always going to be the main focus mm. so wine and port really a very small percentage mm. they're just sort of ancillary sales mm. so we do quite a lot of cheese and wine matching cheese and sure. beer matching yeah. um and so once somebody's bought a lovely piece of cheese that would be the point mm. at which we sell them alcohol now, rather than the other way around generally what are your thoughts on cheese and cider because i notice uh, actually a gentleman i'm seeing tomorrow uh, tom oliver his cider on the uh, shelf yes. there Ah, uh, yep, yep. So we've had Tom Cider for a little while. We've been working with um, Fine Cider Company, mm-hmm. you know, Felix, Felix exactly, yeah. um, to have sort of guest ciders on the counter, just okay. to sort of keep the staff kind of interested in. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think cheese and cider is a make some fantastic pairings mm. there. Mm. Mm. I agree. Um, it's a shame that we don't sell more because it would be great to have a selection of ciders. They are delicious. You, would you say that this part of London, in particular, is perhaps less? movable in their tastes in terms of your standard customer or are they pretty adventurous um we we have a few different types of customer here i suppose so our regulars tend to know pretty much what they want Mm -hmm. um our proximity to piccadilly circus means that we have a huge amount of tourists coming sure so um and the fact that we're a very old shop means that we're in a lot of guide boxes guide books rather Mm -hmm. as a um, as a historical place to visit Mm. So we have all of these kind of different factions of customers. So, um, so no, I wouldn't say that we're particularly set. I suppose the most predictable time of year would be Christmas when people do sort of come in and they'll have what, what they had last year. Sure. And that can be predicted almost down to the nearest kilogram in some cases. And, and well, I mean, I've walked past here at Christmas and people are queuing around the corner. It uh, yeah. becomes a machine. It, it's, it becomes a very different beast. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Thank you, cool. Well, look, I'm, I'm here to talk about Paxton's, of course, but I'm also here to talk to you as an individual and, and I suppose a little bit about how you found yourself in cheese because my understanding mm-hmm. is you trained as a, in, as a pastry chef. Yeah, that's correct. So um, I trained at Westminster Kingsway. Mm-hmm. I was there doing a professional chef diploma for three years. What I found during that time is that in terms of cheese training there wasn't a great deal out there and you'd had experience of cheese like the cheese world prior is that right um, that was the point at which I sought out the cheese world okay. so I went and got a Saturday job at Rip and Cheese mm-hmm. um, so whilst I, I was at college during the week and then working in cheese at the weekends because um, yeah but I did find that the, the level of cheese training that was offered in college was not not that fulfilling it was a, a great deal of well you don't cook it so we don't really teach mm. about this you just call up your supplier and it yeah. arrives and then you serve it and you don't have to do anything is that representative of, of sort of kitchens now i mean i think it's changed a great deal mm. since then actually and um in particular actually the college that i went to has recently um, shown an interest in becoming a cheese trading provider with the Academy oh, of Cheese. Okay. So it's Which in exact, itself is a pretty it's new exactly thing. exactly the thing that I was looking for at the time when mm. I was there. So you, you would get wine training, you'd do WSET as part mm-hmm. of the course, you'd get 
a cake decoration certificate, but for cheese there wasn't really anything now. So it's great to see that uh, that cheese education is yeah. emerging. And actually, these days, I mean, I think I I feel lucky to have come into the cheese industry at a time where it feels like it's really booming. But you speak to people who've been around for a bit longer, and and actually. You know, this is a relatively new experience in terms of the general populace. Like, it's kind of part of the. It's you know, having a moment. It you is. Think? Well, it is, but a kind of a, a moment that's here to stay rather than a flash in the pan. Well, I hope know. so. Yeah, I um, hope it is. I mean, we're seeing certainly in the shop a lot more, I suppose, young people. Mm. And you notice young people in mm, German mm. Street. They sure. stick out so yeah, yeah, yeah. much. But there's definitely a huge amount more interest of people coming in and wanting to really explore the subject, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, and I think, so I was talking to um, uh, Johnny Cricklemore a few weeks ago okay, uh, yeah. up at Fen Farm, and, and, you know, we were just discussing the idea that people are more and more and more fascinated about what they're eating and where it comes from mm -hmm. and who made it and all the stories around it. And cheese, to me, seems to have huge amount of that you know that there are yeah. lots of personalities lots of good stories and that almost all feeds into the flavor I guess I mean I don't know if that's your I think experience. it feeds into the into people's appreciation of it certainly mm. and their enjoyment of it and certainly having an amazing story to tell in this situation mm. over the counter can definitely increase the work, people's um, appreciation of it, sure. I suppose. I guess there's yeah. a romance to cheese which people perhaps didn't see. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think um, at this level we can definitely say that there's a romance. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I wonder whether we should maybe move downstairs and, yeah, absolutely, and head because, out of the shop. Yeah, behind this counter we do have a small space where we can mature cheeses um, under the under the street basically in let's German have a street, look so. off to you so we're going to be very careful going down the stairs yes and we'll um, mind our head <laughs> and you can hear the buzz of the refrigeration unit above my head there as we go downstairs it's a little bit quieter but there's this sort of permanent low level whir <laughs> which is what's keeping everything as it should be right we move and through and we're going to go back to a, to another whirring environment heading past a map covered in little spots which i'm assu assuming are your oh, don't look at that <laughs> is, that, is that the top secret board? Do you mind your head? Thank you. <laughs> get that. Very good. I've got my blinkers on, don't worry. Oh, here we are. So, yeah, back in another cheese-filled room. Mm. Uh, this one's my favourite. The room next door, which you can sort of see through where somebody's just preparing orders yeah. for, for wholesale this afternoon. Yeah. So cutting up a whole cheddar there. Mm -hmm. And then in here we have chilled maturing space. So this is a similar temperature to the shop. It's about 12 degrees relatively high humidity mm. so we can keep all of these kind of whole cheddars um, etc here without them kind of drying out and cracking mm -hmm. um, and if we need to bring on our soft bloomy rind cheeses so we have some breeze which are ripening at this temperature yeah. as well and we can kind of use this environment and our, our below five degree yeah. chilled environment to, to control how, um, how quickly things go up to the shops basically right, okay. because nothing goes up there until it's ready until it's perfect exactly. yeah yeah I've, I've heard that said somewhere else before as well actually. Ah. So, yeah strangely <laughs> well i have a connection to paxton's is, yeah. my, my my old boss uh, rory buchanan who runs buchanan's cheesemonger who we will be speaking to on this podcast uh well he used, used to well he trained have me your, yes yeah, there we are. yeah absolutely so, have something so in common. he he hired me he yeah. trained me so yeah. yeah it's likely that you'll hear well this is a very familiar space to me this the maturing room obviously the layout is different but you know i'm recognizing a lot you know there's lots of the smell of the straw mats and i mean just again really beautiful cheese i mean you've got what four well probably five comptes there in all yep. one cut at the top i mean you've got 
all sorts of different cheddars, Mayfield Swiss, I see there. Uh, have you got any of the, uh, the, the world's greatest cheese? Um, the world's greatest... The, the Cornish according Kern. To the, according yes, to, we yes, indeed. Do. Um, we have a small amount, which we have to share between all the shops. Yeah. So we get a, a limited amount per month. Mm -hmm. So the likelihood is if it's in, it's on the counter. Right. It's being sold. We have a, a mailing list of people who just want to know when the Kern's in. It's so a the pretty moment, easy sell the moment, the moment it arrives, we hit a button on, in, our, in our emails and... Uh, everyone knows that it's on the counter. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, the red button. Yeah. For Five minutes Kern. later, the phone's ringing. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It's amazing the effect that that award can have on, on you know, on a producer. It's I fantastic. Mean. And you've tasted it. Mm -hmm. It is an absolutely wonderful cheese. I mean, supply more of it would be wonderful. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But you can't predict that, I suppose. Can um, we also position. received today our delivery of sheep rustler. Oh, which yeah, won from, uh, Supreme Pete. Champion at the British yeah. Cheese Awards just last week. So, yeah, we're very pleased to have yeah, two, good. two sort of big awards. I've not actually today. tried that yet, so I might have to pick ah, some well, up on we'll, the way we'll out. We'll try some shortly. Excellent. Um, yeah, so so let's go back a little bit. So you were trained as a pastry chef, yes. but you felt, well, you felt an affinity with cheese and you wanted to see yeah, more Yeah, absolutely. Of I, it. I was fascinated by it. Mm. And, and can you remember what it, like... It always interests me that, that, that it feels like there's often a moment or an experience or a or something that or someone's tried. Or exactly, what was the cheese that, <laughs> the that cheese, turned you on to cheese? The cheese was Mimolet. Okay. Yeah, I think, so trying that at the point where I was working at Ripon mm. and just realising how complicated the flavours were mm. and how interesting and how, how there was a journey of them as well, mm. how it started out like one thing and then evolved as I was eating it. And that, I just thought suddenly made me realise that cheese can be totally fascinating right. and then post trying that sort of learning the history of the cheese and then yeah I suppose tying all those things together so for, yeah for me it was Mimolet, it was Mimolet. so Mimolet. it still has a very special place in yeah. my uh, cheese board yeah and how old were you in that I mean how, how? Uh, oh gosh <laughs> um, so let's see I would have been uh, nineteen, I think. Right. That's, uh, yeah. That's I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, I've known I've not worked in cheese for that long, actually, compared to a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, I remember it was Stilton actually at a Christmas, and probably mm -hmm. a similar age, I think, when you sort of you're sort of moving away from being a teenager, and maybe you're kind of interested in things that are a bit more delicious than just yeah. Haribo, and you know, <laughs> and and yeah, it was a Stilton at Christmas. My uncle had a half half a. a, a chimney stack of Stilton if you like and it was just I'm, yeah I can still taste it now it's glorious but yeah it seems like there's always something that turns people onto it and then once you're in then yep. that's it then you're hooked you're hooked that's it you're Indeed. done for and, and what are you particularly <laughs> excited about at the moment I mean the, the sheep rustler sounds the sheep rustler is really good actually yeah. I tried that this morning and I was actually judging at the British Cheese Awards oh, so how was that? I didn't get to try the sheep rustler that was there okay. because I heard that the moment it was known, you know, people were sort of angling to get a, oh, a really? slice of it. So, um, but the experience at the British Cheese Awards was really, really interesting. Mm, actually, mm. I've um, it was my first time judging at okay. those awards. I've judged at some others, and um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And having that sort of focus on British cheese was not something that I've done judging before. No, so, sure. Um, because yeah, you, you were really at the World Cheese Awards, weren't you? Yeah, I've judged year. there a few times, actually. Yeah. And, that, and that's a totally different experience. It's I mean, wonderful it's for it's all sorts of different reasons because of the the spectrum of, of cheeses that are mm. put in front of you. Whereas the British Cheese Awards, so part of the judging we were looking at lots and lots of Lancashire's, mm. 
um, so Lancashire after Lancashire, whereas in the World Cheese Awards, the, the you know you have absolutely no idea at the start of the day what what's likely to be put in front right. of you. And I've seen the most weird and wonderful things there. So so let's say you you're presented with a, 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 a let's say a table full of Lancashires. What what are you looking for? Are you kind of are you led as to what you should be looking for? Is there someone who's there as a Lancashire expert or the judging for the British Cheese Awards? Judges are chosen based on what they have said they're likely to specialise in, and they're put right. with people who will have different uh, strengths to them. Okay. So, yeah. I wonder whether we should move should out, although I'm quite, I feel quite happy in here. It feels like <laughs> I've come home, it's great, it's really lovely. Surround I'm just going to have a little look around what else we've got in here, because it is beautiful. We've got some goats just coming on over there. Um, yeah, I recognise those boxes. It's lovely. Anyway, yeah, let's probably get out of people's so way. Have a cup of tea. Let's have a cup of tea, that sounds great. So yeah, so we're moving out of the packing area. Hard at work there. I'm not looking at any of the paper on the walls. It's top <laughs> secret. <laughs> I've been sworn to secrecy. <laughs> and where's my enormous cup of tea? I've got an enormous Sports Direct. There it is, lovely. Great, thank you. So yeah, just to describe where we are, we're in, well, we're in the nerve center, aren't we? Of, uh, yeah, we're in uh, my enormous office. Yeah, it's a corner office, right? With like windows, <laughs> if you've ever watched uh, The Good Wife, it's like some sort of uh, amazing oh, window Chicago law office. It is so glamorous in here. <laughs> please, please don't say anything. No, no, I, absolutely. You described it better than I could. Mm, and so, so this is your day job. This is what yes. you do. Yeah. Um, but you also run something called the Munger Games, which first of all, Congratulations on the name. It's great. <laughs> That's not my work, unfortunately. Ah, but I, but who's, I who's, who's that? Um, that so the very first Munger Games, which was a few years ago mm. now, um, Dan, who you've just yeah. met, and Patrick, who's the quiz master, right. Patrick McGuigan, mm -hmm. um, I think they were in a Twitter pun-off battle right. to name the quiz, yeah. and Dan came up with the Munger Games, and it's just It's been pretty good. I mean, there are a lot of cheese-related puns, but that's a high-class one. Yeah, I think it, it doesn't quite describe the event very well. I think it's it sounds a little <laughs> bit like one left at the end wires at dawn, fight yeah. to the death sort of <laughs> vibe, which is not what the Munger Games is mm. at all. So what is the Munger Games? Um, so the Munger Games is a um, a food and drink quiz which we um, which we run for charity, and it aimed at cheesemongers. So the the idea that I had in the first place was maybe my job would be easier if I knew everyone else that did mm. the same job as me, um, but also kind of looking at organisations like the SCA, the Specialist Cheesemakers Association, mm -hmm. and how. They bring everyone together once per year, and there's very much a sort of spirit of collaboration and cooperation. Mm -hmm. And actually, shouldn't that exist between cheese retailers? Because we do have faced the same challenges as each other, mm -hmm. and maybe our jobs would be easier if we all knew each other somehow. Um, also, the idea of the quiz is that you work on a team with someone that you've never worked on a team with before. So it's not as if Paxton and Whitfield enter a Paxton and Whitfield team and we're mm -hmm. competing against mm -hmm. every other cheese shop. It's very much you go as an individual, you meet people that you've never worked with before, so you're put in a team with people from lots of different companies, and then you compete. Um, the competition is quite fierce. <laughs> um, there's, I think the defenders of last year's title are taking okay. it quite seriously this year. <laughs> but they won't be, they, they will be uh, scattered. They will be in different teams this year. Ah, okay. there's, no, there's no reunion. No, um, okay. Because the idea no to, 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 keep, to keep people kind of working with 
with new people and sure. meeting new people in Jeeves. And do you find it uh, generally as an industry, is it quite collaborative maybe? Or, or you know, are, are, is, is there a sharing of knowledge and of information? I think I've, I've seen a great deal of that amongst cheese makers yes. and producers. Um, I've seen a huge amount of that. And that's always impressed me about the industry is just how friendly everyone mm. seems and how much cooperation there is. Mm. Um, even amongst you know people that have similar products, so you know you probably would have met some some of the chaps that make cheddar. Yes, right. And they're you know constantly talking to each other. Mm-hmm. I recently went to an event which was um, a collaborative a, a collaborative um, maturing event mm. between Quicks and Montgomery's, right. um, where they sort of swapped truckles, and it was mm. a fascinating sort mm-hmm. of tasting. So I'd say that. On a maker level, there's certainly quite a lot of... It was an interesting collaborative thing, but there was there's still a kind of a... Uh, it's, uh, let's say it's a friendly rivalry, you know, you've yeah. got that. Yeah. Th- they know the competitors, but in a sense, I feel like there's an element that everybody agrees that what's good for one is good for everybody, you know, and it's just yeah. pushing the profile of yeah. good cheese, you know, not yeah, absolutely. rubbish. And I think the crowd that of more retailers that gather for Munger Games... You know, they should be recognising that yes, whilst there is competition between them, it's actually not a sort of, mm. you know, us versus us situation. Sure. You know, there are many other parts of um, retail that that we should be, you know, not fighting against necessarily, but united. Yes. In in the part that we represent. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's something that. I've noticed cropping up because in these podcasts, I'm not just talking to people from the cheese world, but the cider world as well. And hopefully a couple of interviews with some interesting, the more, I suppose the more interesting people in the beer world as well mm. is that is a, that is a common theme. It's that kind of, uh, I guess we're all in this together We're it's us, not, not, not us versus, but we offer a, a quality alternative to yeah. what's on the counter at, let's say, you know Sainsbury's or you know other supermarkets are available you know it's a celebration of craft of knowledge of of that collaborate collaboration and certainly the cider and cheese world actually the characters are you know they live in the same places for a start and and they often have quite a similar ethos they just make different products you know it's uh, it's quite heartening to see I think that, that there are industries that are running parallel to one another and actually it's great to see for example Tom Cider upstairs mm-hmm. because you know I, I, I know Tom a little bit now and I know what Felix is trying to achieve and for them to have you know what is essentially a farmhouse product that not many years ago was being sold without that lovely label on it was you know yeah. delicious but it's in Paxton and Whitfield on German yeah. Street. And well, I mean, certainly from a Paxton and Whitfield perspective, we want to work, well, we want to use exactly the same kind of uh, principles of purchasing mm. for every product on our shelf, not just our cheese, yeah, so sure. our accessories, our biscuits, mm. our cider. Mm. You know, we want to find the absolute best quality, best tasting product. Um, but be supportive of small-scale producers yeah. much as we are with our cheese selection. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you what? How would you put your role, your 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 role as Paxton Whitfield within the industry? How would you define Paxton Whitfield? Because obviously, there's sort of you feel like there's the big three, you know. But I mean, I think we are. That's quite a hard question to answer, actually. Well, because this is like news night, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
we're the oldest. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're the oldest in the country, and we have a presence outside of London as well. We are different, mm. I suppose, from from the other kind of um, the larger cheese cheese businesses in London. Um, we in terms of our range so we are about two-thirds british mm. but we also have you know the big hitters the big continental sure. hitters um as well but we wouldn't i'd say we have a slight focus on british mm -hmm. but we're not exclusively I guess naturally british. because of yeah yeah, yeah 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 um I'm not intending to stump you here. <laughs> if, it's a, it's, if it's a if it's a question no, without an answer, that's that's sort of I you know I I I sort of appreciate that. I suppose someone like you know Neil's Yard that that is you know, British and and sort of yeah. I mean, I, I, so. I suppose what I'm trying to do is answer the question without sort of saying that other people are not this. Yes, of course. Because we have a lot of experience. Mm. We have a, a focus on small-scale mm, artisan mm. cheeses, um, having very close relationships with our suppliers. We um, we train amazing staff to yes. incredible service, and we don't just rely on our heritage, but also sort of are quite forward-looking. Yes. But what I don't want to say is that any of the others are not that. So no, so no, of course. The reason I was sort of being a little bit cautious is like, does it sound like I'm saying this is our point <laughs> of difference? Because no, and, and, and do you know what? I have those yeah. principles. Um, we unite all mm, of those mm. things, and and I suppose I'm in a privileged position because I'm not directly affiliated to to anybody. I, I can kind of float between and, and have my opinions, and yeah. you know, you have a role, and I I appreciate that. So thanks for trying to answer it at all. <laughs> um, I'm not looking for any damning uh, comments about anybody else because no, that's no, not I, the point of the industry. No, no, because I, I I have a lot of respect. Yeah, for, and I've for, been around and see what other people do, and it's people. all incredible as well. I mean, it's yeah. just. You know, everybody is looking to celebrate and promote good cheese. That's yeah. pretty much what underlines everything. Yeah. Um, I suppose you mentioned very briefly uh, about Paxton's being forward-looking, and I suppose mm -hmm. that brings me on to what do you personally, and I guess what do you, uh, you know, perhaps on the party line, look to the future? I mean, what what is what do you see the future of Paxton's future of cheese? Perhaps your future. Mm -hmm. What what do you see ahead of you? I suppose. Um, well, um, there's quite a few things I suppose we are developing at Paxton Whitfield because we do have this very very long history, and so people I suppose consider us to be quite a heritage mm. brand. But sure. that is not going to keep you open into the 22nd century, no. which we definitely will. Um, so rec recently things that we've started doing so we've actually started a podcast mm -hmm. so we started yes, a cheese podcast which yeah. i hope, hope you've listened to absolutely um we have had a huge focus in the last few years as to our approach to social media mm -hmm. so we have instagram we're on twitter and we dedicate quite a lot of um time to to how we approach social media sure. we are seeing growth in our e-commerce mm. and want to really understand our our place in kind of what we do e-commerce mm. wise not just our website but also sort of using selling through other people so i don't know if you're aware that we're on amazon fresh yes yeah so yeah i've can, come across can, that model you can, yeah you can order your packs in a whitfield cheese and yeah. have it within an hour in yeah. certain parts of london yeah um and there are 
all sorts of kind of new platforms, I suppose, which are emerging, and we want to make sure that we are making the best mm. of those. It's and, quite exciting but, but to see that happening. But also being careful though. about you know the protection of our brand because yeah. that is one of our most valuable. But that's things, the is challenge. This, this it, heritage brand, yeah. but making sure that our um, our progress isn't um, at odds with that. Yes, I mean, I suppose that's what's interesting as well is that cheese is, you know cheese involves time i can't remember this is i'll I'll pop it in at the end but um it's a new uh book about the role of time in in food and drink it's i think it's called the missing ingredient or something like that i've heard of that yeah yeah. really great just as an idea as a concept it's really clever because Mm -hmm. you know you know it's like put in the oven for half an hour that's the time but with cheese as well time is a incredibly important thing and actually not just in but you know paxton's you, you know talk about heritage and that's a lot of you know that's generation after generation of knowledge that's all being poured into your staff yeah and when they walk through the door which is an incredible resource yeah but also down to you know how long do you mature a goat's cheese for depending on the goat's cheese or the conditions or whatever yeah so i suppose it's interesting to preserve that approach but also find a way for it to work in an environment where everything needs to happen now. I mean, you say, you know, you can have a go, you can have a piece of Paxton's cheese this afternoon if you, you know, yeah. if you live in the right bit of London. And that's yeah. amazing. But I guess the challenge is preserving the ethos of Paxton and Whitfield and, and the quality of the cheese when it arrives at the customer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then those cheeses, they still don't leave this building until they're ready. Right. And if they're not ready, then they're they're not on sale. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> nice and simple. Yeah, yeah. Just be strict. No, no. I I think that's the only way to be. Really. I mean, you don't want. I mean, it's you can't rush these things. You can't. You can't. And I know it's a, so for you know cheesemaker who I've spoken to recently who will remain nameless actually because I think they're finding it slightly tricky in that they are a bit of a victim of their own success. Uh, success versus capacity. Mm-hmm. So. They're having when I you know was chatting to them, they were having conversations on the other line with uh, distributors going, well, no, we want that cheese, and well, it's not ready. It's not. It's not ready. You're going to have to keep it yeah. for a month or whatever before it's even saleable. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, but they're having to send it out, and actually, you know, it's heartening to hear that it doesn't leave the building until it's perfect. Because actually, I've tried cheese from this nameless cheese maker that is not mm. as they would want it on the market because. The middleman is just shipping it on. I think a lot of producers that we work with will be totally upfront. If it's not ready, it's not ready. If if they, if it's easiest for them to send it to us and for us to hold it for a while, then we will. We'll we'll hold it. Mm. Um, I suppose the difficulty happens when um, because we wholesale our cheese to chefs, and Mm. you know, whilst they have come to us because they want a quality cheese supplier. and only a quality cheese supplier is going to disappoint them in that way and say you can't mm. have it until it's ready. But then it's not, it's not always the right answer, Mm-mm. I suppose. But you know, we it's it's a, a question of sticking to your guns, I suppose, and saying yeah. Well, this is how you maintain it's not the, quality. the quality that we expect. It's going to do a disservice to the producer by mm. us sending it out there mm. into the world and saying this is x cheese and do you find that chefs person. respect that as a response or or is there a, a variety of responses <laughs> there's a variety of responses. right okay 
You're not going to go into politics, are you, heroes? <laughs> it's incredibly diplomatic. I'm looking for dishing the dirt here. Absolutely <laughs> not. Not at all. No, no, no. Not at all. Um, yes, name names. Um, no, I mean, it's an interesting balancing act because, I mean, uh, you know, a large part of my job when I was at Buchanan's Cheesemonger was, was exactly that, was kind of, I guess, managing expectations yeah. and, uh, you know, as well as stock. The sort of the two seemed to go hand in hand when you were dealing with, you know, kitchens. And actually some kitchens just wouldn't you know just would just send it anyway just send it doesn't matter just send it and you go well it does it it does matter and it's written on the menu and Mm. that's that's when you really start to to get scuppered is when something's written on the menu and they saw the menu six months ago it's like you probably shouldn't do that with your cheese Mm. no sure sure no it's uh i think it's a really interesting juggling act i mean and that's a large part also of what you guys do is, is is dealing with restaurants which is a very different customer you know i think I suppose what I'm interested in is there's there seems to be some restaurants where, you know, there's people like you in the kitchen who are interested in cheese and want to know about cheese. Yeah. Um, and, it, and that's their remit and front of house just serve it. And then there are other restaurants where the, the, the chef isn't just like, oh, well, that's just that's that's front of house's problem. I'm not really not that interested. So you deal with them. It says it says Breedermo on the menu. Therefore, that'll do. Cut into it. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> do you do a lot of um, training as well? Do you do training with with uh, restaurants and? Yeah, I, that's a huge part mm. of our of our kind of wholesale offer, yeah. I suppose. And do you guys have a, a relationship with the Cheese Academy? Are you part of the? Yeah. So um, our relationship to the cheese to the Academy of Cheese is well. There's a very direct oh, relationship in that one of the directors of the Academy of Cheese, Ros Windsor, is also the managing director right. of Paxton and Whitfield. Okay. Um, we have been very supportive of the academy since since the outset um i at the time when it was in its sort of infancy i suppose i was doing the the level three wset so the advanced wset and i did it at the school in bermondsey i don't know if you're familiar with that and i just thought that the level of teaching was absolutely phenomenal like really really professional really Mm. well organized and every time I went to my wine class every Wednesday evening, I thought, cheese education should be this good. Yeah. There should be people that really know their stuff, that understand every nuance mm-hmm. of the product, where every flavour in cheese comes from. And the standard of cheese education should be just as good as the standard of wine education in this country. Mm-hmm. And so I was very, very enthusiastic about the opportunity to work with the Academy of Cheese and to and to start sort of building a model for, for cheese education in this country. Yes. Um, Paxton and Whitfield was one of the first training partners of the Academy of Cheese, which means that we are accredited to, to offer their level one course. Right. Um, and we've been doing that since September 2017. OK. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you talk about the sort of the quality of teaching and things like that. But actually, before the Academy of Cheese, there wasn't really, there wasn't... Uh, in this country not particularly and 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 it was a much more sort of hands-on learn on the job yeah everybody has a slightly different way of doing it yes and there's no sort of industry-wide no model or standard or set text yeah i mean i suppose what i'm quite interested in as well uh is how because it's always struck me that that you know working in let's say the cheese the cheese room you know it's a lot of physical work uh it's a lot of uh, quite repetitive work mm-hmm. it also requires a lot of passion and dedication and knowledge but you can pick that up along the way and I feel like that seems like a job 
that should be attracting more young people mm-hmm. you know and and you know school leavers or, or or even you know pre pre a level kind of you know leavers yeah and and yet there's no until now no actual structure and sort of come into this world invite if you like unless you know yeah. about it already there's yeah. no formal way in and i think i don't know for me i think that's a really really positive move to kind of what's the word democratize yeah definitely the industry and, and open it out to people because i mean you will have seen when you go to cheesemakers there's always a couple of lads there who are probably like 17 18 and and you go oh who's that oh, well that's you know I don't know, Joe, whatever. Well, he just lives just around the corner. And yeah. then you, if you go back in 20 years' time, Joe will still be there, but he'll be the head cheesemaker. But you see that less in the world of cheese mongery. Yeah. yeah um, and I wonder if that's a change that, that could happen. I with, think it certainly this. could, especially with um, with catering colleges taking an interest in, mm. in, in teaching that qualification. Um, I'd say what we've found in the courses that we've run at Paxton Whitfield, I wouldn't say that it's a very young demographic at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, is it people that are already quite into been cheese? A mixture of people who are already working in cheese or in the cheese industry, sometimes cheese makers, sure. who want to advance to the next levels and mm. ultimately become a, a master of cheese. Right. Um, but also, so so that's sort of one section of them, I suppose, which is maybe. Mm. 30 25 30 percent of our students okay. are already in cheese um and everyone else who are passionate um it's a great gift as well giving someone a day yeah, cheese sure. so there's a lot of people who are, this is a gift yeah, for yeah, my yeah. spouse um but also people that are interested in making a career move into cheese right so one of the first courses that we ran um there was a woman on there who was sort of just coming out of a career in finance and interested in what cheese involves and she now works uh, works at the Paxton Whitfield counter she she's come to work for us right okay so that's that was her first yeah. step do you see that a lot is it quite I mean there's we talked briefly about the romance of cheese upstairs do you think people are because I've I've met quite a few people who you know who who are currently in finance or lawyers or like oh just just that just it sounds brilliant i'd love to work in cheese and you can actually now there's an answer you can say well there's the academy of cheese if you're yeah if you're really yeah. into the idea um i mean i i've definitely over because i've been at paxton's for just under 10 years now mm. and i've definitely seen a huge amount of people looking turning to cheese as mm. their second career yeah right um how to attract people as their first career is, yeah. is yet to be to be seen mm. i mean it's a hospitality wide issue attracting yes, exactly. young people into it and, and I suppose one of the things that one might say is that nobody goes into cheese for money mm-hmm. ever <laughs> I mean anyone that does no but it's <laughs> but it is employ you know it is employment and and is, you know yeah. it's it's um you know we've talked about that the, the, I guess the quality of the the community within cheese it's a it feels a it's a good place to be yeah I've not yeah. met anybody who I've not you know pretty much immediately got on with and enjoyed their company because you know you have this shared passion and because it's not you know you're not in it just for the money yeah there is a passion there has to be otherwise well you're definitely in the wrong definitely wrong in job the wrong. yeah yeah but you're in the right job i feel like i can't believe they pay me yeah that's <laughs> well that's job. that's great that's a good place to be so that was hero hirsch uh retail manager at paxton and whitfield 
I hope you enjoyed listening to our chat. I certainly enjoyed speaking to Hero and, and visiting the great, the great Paxton Whitfield. Um, there will be another podcast next week. Uh, next week, it's actually uh, back to the world of cider. Um, chatting to Gabe Cook, aka the ciderologist, uh, about his route into cider, what he does. Um, how he's created essentially a job for himself um, he's a good friend and a really interesting passionate guy knows an awful lot about the world of cider um, so yeah promises to be a really good one if uh, you want to find out more about Seliman, have a look at Seliman.co.uk or follow me on instagram at twitter at Seliman Sam. Uh, look forward to seeing you next time cheers mm-hmm.